podcast, Greater Than Yourself, Season 3. Do you have an idea for an episode or question for John and Fred? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or doctor underscore silkworth. Okay. All right. Welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I am Fred. And with us today, our esteemed <laughs> extreme... <laughs> Extremed. <laughs> our, our esteemed guest, Eddie Rickenbacker. Welcome. <laughs> Speak. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, what is he going to say to me? <laughs> Sorry. Hey. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Um. Good. <laughs> I'm not great at this. <laughs> um, it's funny because as of all of our guests, this one spends the most amount of time in front of a microphone yet. <laughs> it's not, it's all like scripted. It's lyrics. It's singing, you know, <laughs> it's not, right. it's not talking. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. Hang what on an introduction before we jump in. <laughs> Eddie has a story he wants to tell you, John, about okay. his, his, uh, is this is this a Deep. story I'm allowed to record? Yeah, no, this okay. is that's why I told him to save Perfect. it for the Let's podcast. I went back and I reread the text when I was trying to log into to Zoom um and and you were saying what, you know, what the assignment was, which was to find it like uh one thing in the 12 and 12 that contradicted the big book and uh like one one section or whatever and uh yeah, I I was kind of upset because like I read like a lot and if i knew that was the assignment i would have just like found a chapter and read it and then like found the one thing you know or but no i read like way more than i needed to and uh it was it was a grueling process and it was really painful and i i i you aren't forgiven at all so <laughs> yeah you aren't forgiven for his misreading of the text message that you sent well, well it, in in the text he apologized for making us read this and and yeah no i'm true Wow. So he read like he read like at least a hundred pages of the twelve and twelve. Shut up. Really? <laughs> Am I the only one that did this? <laughs> yes. And it's so bad. It's so bad. And like, I mean, my comprehension's already not great, but like I had to have like an audio while I read it mm-hmm. to like because it's just nonsense, like the psychobabble bullshit that is in this. <laughs> some of to it the is next really degree. Bad. Let me some okay, of look. it. Hold on, some of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, look. Let me inter- let me introduce the topic. Right. Okay. So, all right, all right. our topic this week. Uh, I feel like I'm just going to put this one as like the first episode back from the mid-season break because it's going to melt people's brain when they see the title <laughs> in their podcast feed. They're just going to be so incensed. Um, but the topic is the 12 and 12 is not Alcoholics Anonymous. To me, that's a very not controversial statement. Um, but... And I guess we're just going to lead with this rather than our readings. But um, the the stuff that you're talking about, like, so 
the the big book is a book that I read as like um, a nineteen year old burnout punk rocker with like uh, a vastly different life experience than any person I you know I would like show up to the AA club uh, you know with like painted fingernails and stuff and like d- d- these old dudes were just like who is this corny weirdo right um and and i didn't identify with any almost any of the people at these meetings but instantly when i read the big book i i related on like a cellular level with everything in the big book and the Mm -hmm. language like the way that it's written the prose i've i've heard many a person in horned rimmed glasses (laughs) complaining about (laughs) pronouns in meetings saying that the big book is horribly written or whatever um or basement dwelling sloths on reddit or whatever but um to me it's written beautifully but i think that even if you are someone who doesn't think the big book is written beautifully i think that if you turn to page 129 uh, in the 12 and 12 a book by the way which is not i don't want to veer off into too much of what my reading is going to be later let's just say the big book was a consensus, right? This is a group mm. of people agreeing on the text. This book is written by Bill Wilson and a guy he sponsored named Tom Powers, and many years after the big book was written, and it's a series of essays about you know his reflections, right? So, in my thinking, I was always like, well, you know, now that I'm recovered and it's years and years and years after I first read it, let's go back. Me and me and Senator Ted C, we were like, let's go back and let's read the traditions because surely there's a bunch of good information in here about the traditions and we can, you know, study those and blah, blah, blah. And so coming into this on page 129, tradition one, with the thought in mind, okay, like this is the same dude that wrote most of the text that I just adore in the big book. Reading this. So again, even if you're someone who thinks that the big book's not well-written. Surely you think it's better written than without unity, the heart of AA would cease to beat. Our world arteries would no longer carry the life-giving grace of God. What does that mean? World <laughs> arteries? <laughs> who who thinks to put that kind of analogy in, 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 in text? That's like, that's like a Tumblr-level cringe writing. Like this is this is like live journal from 2004. This is not good, you know. And like I think that even if you're one of these cringe lords who wants to clown how the big book's written, again, a book I think is written beautifully, you have to say it's there's it's better than that, right? I'm talk I'm talking to you, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just staring yeah, blankly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I would agree. I mean, uh, you're the expert. You just read more of the book than uh, either me or Fred have in <laughs> years. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So the whole thing uh, it sounds like that. Like like that one analogy is like uh, a pretty good. I mean that that's what's going on in this whole book where it's like I don't even know what you're trying to get at. Like what are you trying to say? And. Um, 
I mean, like I, I would doze off while having the audio on and the book in front of me and would have to go back and like re, you know, re-listen to the audio. It's very it dry. It didn't help any clip. Well, it's not just dry. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just nonsense. And like, and on top of that, you know, where the big book, it's like, uh, okay, so we're like diagnosing ourselves and then like, it's like, okay, are we powerless? Our lives unmanageable and then like we start you know we get into steps two and three and like every time we get there it's like okay so this is what we're about to do like this is this is where we're at and like i'm just thinking while i'm reading this like at what point are you supposed to read the 12 and 12 you know like <laughs> um <laughs> because like uh so with step three it's like this long drawn out thing and at the end of it it sounds like we were like holding on and we've been like uh uh, basking in the fruit of our labors from step three until like the labors run dry. And now we're like really uncomfortable. And I'm just thinking like, why are we sitting around on step three reading this fucking book? Right. Like, um, and it's talking about, you know, like, well, well now, now we need to go into action. It's like, I, I don't know. I, this sounds like we're still in the same, we're still in the first meetup here, you know, like I'm still working with the guy for the first time. We haven't left. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, you know, no action has happened, but he hasn't gone back to his rehab yet. So, like, let's get into step four. And, uh, but it does the same thing with every step. I mean, step six and seven is, it's just like nonsense after nonsense. We're like reading a whole 20 minute chapter uh, of, a, of a process that takes, I don't know, like the, there's one paragraph on step six. Right. And like, at what point are we, Okay, we're reviewing the first five proposals, and then we pull out the twelve and twelve and read it. Like I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, really dry, full of nonsense. Well, what I always think about, especially with uh, like the parts of the twelve and twelve that you were just talking about, is like in in the big book. It's it's literally like, okay, uh, are you here? All right, do this. Okay, if you did that, you should be here. Are you there? No? Okay, go back and do this. Like, we already said, do this, right? Um, And so when I hear people say, my sponsor took me through the steps out of the 12 and 12, I'm just like, how? There's literally not a way for them to do that. Um, So to me, it's like, no, really what you mean is, and I'm not like critiquing these people because it's it's not their fault, some jackass (laughs) quote took them through the steps out of the 12 and 12. But really, is this what happened? Your sponsor uh, took you through the 12 and 12 reading it and then also gave you a bunch of like worksheets and told you a bunch of other Mm -hmm. stuff that's not in that book to do, right? Because it doesn't, I'm totally stepping on my reading, but it doesn't tell you ever anything to do other than I think in step six and seven where it does, it, it, it extrapolates this one small paragraph in the big book where the big book literally says in six, it's like, okay, do you, do you now see all these things? Right. Do you feel like you left anything out of the first five steps? Do you really get what you're doing? And are you willing that God should remove all these things that stand in your way? If you're not willing, ask to be willing. And then move on. Like the, and mm-hmm. the, when people say, oh, the big book gives step six short shrift, it's like, no, no, sweetie. That's, that's not what's going on. What's going on is the authors are saying, here are the steps we took. 
They're not saying, here is this laborious process by which you can achieve. What they're saying is, here's what we did. And all we're saying in, in six is, oh, we just did this. And then you just keep going. It's not like, yeah, so um, my character asset here would be, it was like, no, you know, if you want to do that later, that's cool. I, I don't, I don't know why you would need to be doing that, but there's other stuff to be doing is all I'm saying. But to do the steps that they took, like people talk about the steps as if they're this, this like sprawling, endless, you know, nebulous, unreachable thing. And, and every step is a process. And that's why we can go do a seminar on fucking steps six and seven. But the book presents them as here's what we did. Just do this stuff and you'll get the result. To me, this is like um, if you were to take Bill and Bob, this is like the divergent mm -hmm. path where things started really separate. Because if if I think of like what would it look because like Bob if Bob died? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, honestly, because Bob kept him from writing shit like this for a long time. Correct. You know, uh, Bill wanted to do this kind of stuff and he wanted to, you know, um, he was big into wanting to, uh, you know, bring in the medical community and especially the uh, psychologists and mm -hmm. psychiatrists. And, you know, that was like he wanted to feel like he had that they were going to tell him that what he had done was meaningful and impactful. And he was a smart guy. I mean, that was clear from, you know, you can see that in Bill's story, right? Like he yeah. wants more than anything, what he wants is respect for his mind and, and, and everything else. So, but you know, okay. So like, if I think about Bill and Bob, to, like if they were here today and what would they look like in Alcoholics Anonymous today? Like Dr. Bob was like this tattooed uh, literally like dude had like a, like a full sleeve and like a full chest tattoo. And like, I imagine Dr. Bob is the guy who's like bringing meetings into treatment centers and just like focusing on getting people through the work as proven by the fact that in however many years he sponsored like 6,000 people or whatever yeah. it was like, that was his thing, right? It's like one, two, three, go write your shit, come back and let's get moving. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have bill. And I imagine bill is like the guy who like you see at the same 8 a.m. Saturday meeting <laughs> yes. who like takes his sponsors to weekend retreats and is like always pitching the, the camp out, you know, and how mm. important it is to get into that kind of stuff. And it's like, take it easy, slow it down, you know, because he, while he got sober doing it this other way, he has now been sober for a while. Right. And so now it's like, well, yeah, now I see the error in some of the stuff that I went through. And, you know, maybe his sponsor told me he was a dickhead. And he's like, well, I don't need to do that. I can come with full love and compassion and right. blah, 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 bullshit. You know, it's like, rather than like, I don't want to say that I don't want to disparage Bill. I'm not trying to disparage Bill. But what I am saying is, is like, just because Bill was part of the thing that got us started does not mean that he, every idea he ever had was good. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that's the trap sober. that the trolls on the internet yes. fall into when, when they try to they try to act like your argument in saying the big book works is that you worship Bill Wilson, <laughs> right? Right, and and you know Bill was just one of many people who were really a part of what was be, what became the process. I mean, no, you know, none of those people on online are ever crediting Emmett Fox, but. You know, sure. that guy probably has, you know, I mean, it really, you know, when you read the two books next to each other, 
you know, he basically all but plagiarized like a lot of Emmett Fox and like, mm-hmm. um, you know, so like to, to just like discredit, to not even understand that or know about that and just give Bill all this credit, I think is what fed into how we got to a place where we have a book like the 12 and 12, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I listen, I, as I was like doing this, I realized that there's, there is some writing in my book. It must've been a used book. I've never written a single <laughs> thing in this book. Sure. Um, it, <laughs> Well, yeah, bullshit. (laughs) No, just the first page says, Fred, willingness. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that is what it says. So, um, I don't know, somewhere in the book, it says something. I I saw it. Somebody had like circled a paragraph with a star. They really liked that paragraph. I don't know. (laughs) That must be the world arteries paragraph. (laughs) It's what it was. Yeah. Um, and I've also at times thought like, oh, I should go through the traditions, but I've just never, I mean, I've read them. I've just never like gone through them like you were talking about, but, um, but it really does just come down to the fact that here, here. So I was thinking about, you know, this morning, can uh, I just interrupt you very briefly? Yeah, of course. When me and Ted quote went through the traditions, we would meet on zoom and we would be reading through them and like, or like on the phone or whatever. And we'd be trading off like two or three paragraphs at a time. I would do exactly what Eddie was just talking about. I am reading and I have no fucking idea what I just read. <laughs> right. It's like day two Greek lessons. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. Yeah. they. I mean, this whole book reads like, uh, like stereo instructions, <laughs> right? you know, and uh, it is not a book to me that like, as... I read it more or as my spiritual experience grows that this text somehow becomes more alive. Right. In fact, I think the opposite is true. Um, it becomes more dead. Like it becomes less meaningful to me. Um, you know, I hadn't picked up the the 12 and 12 in quite a while. And then I went to a meeting, um, here locally and, they do a, at a treatment center, it's like one, two, three, every, every month. It's like the first three weeks, they read the first chapter of the 12 and 12, the second chapter, third chapter. And then the last week they, um, they, I think they might have a speaker. I don't remember how the, but the third, I was there on a third week. So we were reading step three out of the 12 and 12. And I remember reading it and being like, this is not only is this not helping these guys in this treatment center, this actively is actually probably making it worse for them. Right. You're just, confusing. all you're doing is confusing them because what you're doing is taking something that is so simple and so beautiful and such an amazing concept, like step the step three decision. And you're making it seem like it is this otherworldly thing. Like you were talking about, like, it's this, like you, this thing that you can't really grasp until you've grasped this other thing, you know? And like, um, but what I was going to say is, is that, so it's like one of my favorite things, John, that you've ever said, um, is when you talk about how the 12 and 12 has as much to do with Alcoholics Anonymous as, you know, how to win friends and influence people. Right. Both books have as much to do with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Like there is no, it. Th- this book has nothing to do with recovery through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. The thing is, it's not directional. It's anecdotal. Mm -hmm. It's about this one dude's experience. Obviously, there's more than one guy writing it, but there are no directions for that process in this book. 
And what I think is really important that you were talking about earlier is this idea of this is like we talk about experience being a key thing that we can share with people in recovery, right? Yeah. And people want to talk about, okay, well, this is Bill Wilson's experience. Okay, but he's not talking about his experience with the directions for recovery. He's speaking anecdotally about his experience at this duration of sobriety, reflecting on what these principles and concepts mean to him. So it's a very conceptualized view of where he personally is at and what he thinks about these things. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different thing from a directional, um, you know, pointed text that shows precise directions on how to take actions. If AA is anything, it's like 90% action. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say AA, I'm talking about the 12 steps, I'm talking about the directions in the book AA. So if this is like 90% action, that other 10% is like, you know, whatever else you want to say AA is. This book is 5% action, maybe, right? 0%. <laughs> so, so I think like, I think the mistake that, that, uh, I think that this really goes back to, did your sponsor tell you to read this? If so, you probably think it's part of AA. Right. If you if, if if you don't think it's part of AA, your sponsor probably didn't tell you to read it. That I think it mm. really goes back to sponsorship. I think that's a hundred percent what it's about. So yeah, who's got a reading they want to share with the class here? Fast, fast, Eddie. <laughs> so before I get into the reading, I uh, you know like Fred. Fred was saying uh, how this was confusing. You know, he probably thought this was confusing newcomers at the at the at the meeting where you know people in sober living are going to. And uh, you know what I what I think of like when I read this is like it's almost like Yoda if like it lacked all the wisdom and to, <laughs> to use uh, like Bill is this like staple of like well you know like you're talking about trolls online and like uh, well we we you know this big book got us sober but how can we not like the twelve and twelve and it's like well if I if I'm working with the sponsee. And we get sober together and like we went through the steps and like I'd already gone through the steps and like I'm recovered. And then through the steps, he gets connected to this power and he stays sober. And then all of a sudden I venture down this road where I'm like not doing the steps and I'm not connected to God and I'm not doing the thing. Um, I don't know. Like I, I might write some shit like this, right? you know, and like, uh, I mean, the big book was written by a bunch of recovered people that were connected to God. And like, God is the reason, like getting connected to God is the whole reason why uh, we stay sober. So like, if somebody's not connecting, they write a book of nonsense, like it makes sense. Right. Uh, but um, before I get into my reading, um, you know, like just another example of like, so, so most of my uh, notes in here, it's just like pointing out like, oh, another paragraph of nonsense. So like this, this note is, oh, another paragraph <laughs> A pure Going nonsense. Hard. Thanks, Bill. Uh, because it was just so frustrating. I read way too much. I had no idea um, my assignment was going to turn into this for you. I'm sorry. Uh, it was excruciating. But, uh, he was. Yeah. I talked to him yesterday. I think he was like had been in the middle of it, and he was like, he was like, things aren't good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it was I I, uh, I sat down and, and was reading for a few hours and I was like in a bad mood. I wasn't in a great mood. <laughs> it was just like going to the gym and I was just like, I can't believe what I'm putting myself through. Oh, you no. know? Um, so this 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 first paragraph, uh, I just want to hit on this nonsense on uh, 42 of the 12 and 12. Uh, creation gave us instincts for a purpose. Without them, we wouldn't be complete human beings. If men and women didn't exert themselves to be secure and their persons made no effort to harvest food or construct shelter, there would be no survival. If they didn't reproduce, the earth wouldn't be populated. If there was no social instinct, if men cared nothing for society of one another, uh, there would be no society. So these desires for sex relation, for marital and emotional security, and for companionship, are perfectly necessary and right and surely God-given. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, why that's, are we talking about... That's just Bill trying to, like, again, make it okay that he wants to cheat on his wife more. <laughs> yeah, like, that I get. That, that, your, okay. your Freudian yeah. slip of saying marital instead of material works perfectly there. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like, then, really, uh, what he's trying to do there is, like, all right, you know... I had to kind of stay on track in the big book. I think uh, for step four, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of go novelization style. We're going to start with Mm -hmm. the middle, and we're going to come back to the beginning, go to the end, beginning, middle, beginning, end. (laughs) It's just like I'm going to jump around in time here and try to paint a picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to go to the big book, if if that if that's what we're getting at, um, you know. It, it paints a pretty uh, clear picture of of if we continue to harm others, mm-hmm. you know, like we're surely we're surely to drink again. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we all we all mess up. We all have to do inventory and come back to God and see what we have to fix. But like, uh, I don't know if we should be patting ourselves on the back too much here, Bill. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then an- another thing. But cavemen uh, cared about societies, and I really need to read that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, like again, if it goes back to the idea that like which of these books is confusing, right? Like, and what like John was going to is like so the the parallel sentence to that in the big book is is like our sex conduct is God given, you know, right. uh, or what is it? Our our uh, our sex. Good. How does it? Yeah. yeah, therefore good, Neither right? It's like lightly nor loathe and despised. Like which one of those is more confused? Like that right. I get like that makes perfect sense. Like right. yeah, of course everyone everyone's going to have problems in their relationships, especially <sighs> relationships that are um, you know, romantic or sexual in nature. Mm-hmm. Like that would be crazy to think that we would somehow walk through life without that. Right. Um all this other nonsense and like the this like I've Yet to hear anybody talk about having how we need to how we need to lower the reading level of the twelve and twelve, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Got to lower the reading level of the big book because people can't understand that our sex, you know, our our sex powers are good. We can't no, couldn't possibly understand that. But this bullshit about cavemen, you know, <laughs> wanting to build fires for their wife, like that makes a lot of sense to me in early sobriety. Okay, sorry, Eddie, go ahead. The Backseat Driver Podcast with Dex Farmer. This week on the Backseat Driver Podcast with Dex Farmer, special guest, quit lit author, Rosie Thompson. And I found my truth about my sobriety journey is that it's a journey. Yeah. Oh, 
yeah. Yeah. And if the journey isn't a path to my truth about my journey, then it's not... Am I really having it? It's a journey. It's definitely a journey. And it has to be... It has to be my journey. Yes, yes. There's a there's a lived experience. There's a lived experience. There's a shared lived experience. Yes, I, I'm. And no one else's, because it's a selfish thing to have a journey and to have a truth about your journey. As for me, as for me, someone who's been in recovery so long, someone who's been there, who's. There's no, there's no end. This goes on forever. We get to each have our own journey with getting to do things and having to, getting, getting to do things, whether we get to do them or not do them, it's our journey and we get to have it. And that is, and that is what works for me. And it's about me. What works for me, what I get to, what I get to do, and that is, and that is what I get. No, that's that's interesting. No, it's interesting. And in my book, available now, I don't have to pee. I get to pee. Oh. You get to have your journey too. Oh. Now back to what I was trying to get to here, and which is basically. Um, I am on a journey. This there is never there's never a destination. The, the destination doesn't exist. And I think that the the older you get, the longer you are on that path, the more Which is your truth. Yes. About the journey that you're having. And here, friends, is my secret. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't have to watch for triggers. I get to watch for triggers. Oh, mm-hmm. You're welcome. Oh, no, I've always, I've always loved your work. Oh my gosh. See, I was worried because I really, I thought that you did not like me. So back to my, back, back to my, take it to my recovery. Okay. Speaking of my recovery, um, you know, I always, I always thought you didn't like me. Backseat Driver Podcast with Dex Farmer. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Take it away, Mr. (laughs) Rickenbacker. I didn't realize Uh, how mad this was going to make me today. (laughs) Well, you didn't read it. (laughs) So, uh, another thing that's not necessarily my reading, but... um, Speaking of lowering expectations, he. Oh, I, like, he I love how you have three readings. And <laughs> <laughs> when he's uh, ranting about step three, um, he he does this. So in in the big book, it's like very clear. Like there's there's the moderate, you know, there's the normal drinkers out here, the casual folk, and then there's like the hard drinkers, and then there's the real alcoholic. Um, it talks a little bit about like potential alcoholics, but like. I don't know. As somebody that got sober young, um, I was not confused at all of where my standing was. Um, At one point in time, I might have been potential. But when I was sitting in this homeless rehab, uh, doing this thing that I had no interest in doing, trying to get connected to this power that I had no interest in getting to know, um, I was not confused about where I had where where I was at that time with with my drinking. 
Mm-hmm. I was I was hopeless. And um, but he he so so my note is if working with newcomers and they sound like this, they aren't that bad off. Um, so he uh, yes, respecting alcohol, I guess I have to be dependent upon AA, but in all other matters, I must still maintain my independence. Nothing is going to turn me into a non-entity. If I keep on turning my life and my will over to the care of something or somebody else, what will become of me? I'll look like the hole in the donut. I hear this at meetings and it's like, yes. uh, it's a, it's at young people meetings where like 90% of them aren't alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this of course is the process by which instinct and logic always seek to bolster egotism and so frustrate spiritual development. The trouble is that this kind of thinking takes no real account of the facts. Okay, so if I'm getting sober and like, I mean, I've been in this position before and I wasn't ready and I, and I just wasn't, I hadn't, I hadn't run its course. Um, if I'm thinking of like, wow, I'm not going to have a social life. Like, uh, am I g- going to become a bore? Like that, I just don't, I don't relate with that as, uh, you know, when I was, when I was bad off and like I was thoroughly beaten, um, there already was no social life. Like there was no, mm. you know, I'm my my life revolves around uh, drinking, and uh, when I'm not drinking, it revolves around putting all of the will that I possess into not drinking and then still ut- like failing utterly. So right. uh, I don't know. I don't remember thinking like, am I going to be the hole in the donut? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is that thing that you see confuse people who are just mm -hmm. ultimately not not willing when it comes down to it, when it comes down to like a binary thing, uh, where it's like, nah, I have bigger problems than alcoholism. Oh, okay. Well, then... But, right. Go sort those out. Go, Go do what you're going to do. Back. You have a bigger problem than alcoholism? Then you don't know what alcoholism is, I guess. The but thing like, is, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Eddie. I was just gonna say, like, if your if your big problem is like your social life, which I see this, I see this in yeah. non-alcoholics in AA. If your big problem is your social life, AA is not the place for you. Sure. You know, uh, I don't know. Go go find a club. Go go to college or find friends that I don't know. I don't know. I don't have my problem was alcoholism. Right. My problem was the inability to stay sober. So mm. I just is. But he, he does this all throughout talking about step three where he's like trying to lower the bottom to like right. these, what he calls potential alcoholics. And mm-hmm. uh, it's very clear in the big book. It's like once you cannot control or enjoy your alcohol use, then like, you know, it, it then you are a real alcoholic. That is the only people that we are trying to, uh, that, that, that this program works for or that right. this is, is written for. And so, I think that's the danger uh, of like, I'm in a spiritual, psychological, emotional crisis time in my life, and now I'm going to write a book to get myself out of that. Uh, a lot of that book ends up being me trying to like do this frothy emotional appeal to like suck other people into my my fucking fellowship and my drama and my bullshit, right? And the thing is, is that we could probably get like a bunch of people who've been on this podcast before and a bunch of our like people that we know that are recovered and we could say to them, Hey, like, so like, what's the actual goal of the 12 steps? And like a lot of them might even say like, yeah, the, you know, we have to remove the ego like that. I don't think that that's like some information that 
that people who are recovered, who, you know, I think they do connect those dots eventually, you know, Mm -hmm. but the point is, is that it's not important information for somebody who's three days sober trying to figure out how to get to four days sober, right? right? The, the, the solution, like the actual thing that's going to happen, the, the, the deflation of ego and, and the ability for this power to flow in through that process that doesn't matter. And in, if anything, that's confusing, right? Right. Like I don't need to focus on the, what's going to happen. I need to focus on the, how I'm going to get there. Right. And, and, uh, and that's where this book loses me. Right. And I think a lot of the dudes who, whatever people who, um, you cut, you drew this comparison earlier, the people who, who knows how they recovered, they may have recovered the same way we did, but where they are now in meetings is they're at this extended duration of recovery and they're presenting this like elevated message in meetings and they're, they're like, you know, talking about emotional sobriety and stuff. And that's the only thing I had written down (laughs) to say today. (laughs) And they have... They have it in their head that their job now is to go into meetings and to speak on an elevated esoteric Mm -hmm. level about stuff when in reality, that's not AA. That's a, that's a different thing that you're talking about. If you're talking about stuff, that's not the directions in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous, you're not talking about AA. You're talking about some other thing. Even like me, I do plenty of shit. That's not in the directions of the book, right? I don't present that to people as AA. And if I'm in an AA yes. meeting and I'm presenting them stuff that's not AA, that I'm wrong. I'm wrong to do that. It's not what I should be doing in AA, you know? Right. I'm not going to, like, go to somebody's church when they invite me for a spaghetti dinner and start proselytizing about, you know, Satanism or whatever. Like, it's, it's two fucking different things, right? So, like, when you come in there and you say, you know, I'm Eddie Rickenbacker and I've got 25 years or whatever— you dick. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, so here's what I do at this elevated, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is this, you know, next tier, next frontier, uh, this emotional sobriety thing. It's again, frothy, emotional appeal. This is, it's just stuff that won't hold someone who, who's where Eddie was talking about. Right. I'm at a desperate place and I need, a desperate means to recover. Right. And John, I don't want to, I don't want to time bully you here, but I think the problem (laughs) that you're having is, is that you've just not been sober long enough to truly experience emotional sobriety. So you actually just have no idea what you're talking about, you know? So, um, cause you can't actually experience emotional sobriety until you've had eight years and a divorce. That's the bare, you know, that's the bar. So that's the, um, but, uh, the thing you're talking about is like, it's, it's this dream and I, it's this, it's triple a, right. Oh, I'm doing advanced AA, you know? So a good friend of ours, uh, there was actually two good friends of the podcast. We were, we were talking on a group text about traveling to Arizona to listen to this dude, uh, who we all enjoy. Uh, and, um, you know, that is something that I love and, and, and it is something outside of Alcoholics Anonymous that I believe brings me closer to God, but you know, that's not your, your phone. Your phone gets text messages still. <laughs> I deserve. I deserve that. I deserve that. 
That's fair. Sorry, uh, go ahead. It was fair. If you want to see, if you want to see the screenshots, it was mostly them, <laughs> and I was just reading along. <laughs> I deserve that. Leave it in. <laughs> there are probably at least three other people listening who are like, "Yeah, does that guy's phone get text messages?" Anymore? <laughs> no, I, so, I I do I do want to put a button on that though. When when any of these dudes are pressed to explain emotional sobriety. They describe the process or they describe the result of the 12 steps. Yep. They describe <laughs> what actually living the directions of 10, 11, and 12 daily have produced mm-hmm. in my life. Right. That's what they describe. And, but they, and here's my problem with that is that on top of, you know, forgetting everything else that we just talked about, if if I if I go into meetings and I'm presenting like whatever it is that I'm presenting, right? Like to think that my role as a member of AA is not to talk to the newcomer. Are you fucking nuts to think that like my job is to come in here and to, uh, I really, I appeal to the uh, people with time who need some new direction. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And the other thing is, is like, to have a snobby point of view about it that you think you're on some next fucking level of AA because, oh, uh, sponsorship's really for newcomers to do. And Mm. like these service junkie, non-alcoholic losers who are just like being class president of AA and their DCM positions and shit who are like sitting around thumbing their nose at people who take meetings into treatment centers. Are you fucking kidding me, you fucking clown? Are you serious right now? You think that you're above sponsoring people and talking to the newcomer? You're here to give something to some advanced alcoholic? You, yep. you're, you're a fucking clown. One of my friends from, uh, from San Francisco sent me uh, this text that went out uh, around like a bunch of people that I used to that I knew you know I, that I knew from the fellowship and it, it was a meeting that was started. Uh, it was right around the time of COVID started and they started this meeting and it was, um, I for, I'm going to forget the name of the actual meeting, but it was basically on, the only way you could attend or oh, speak yeah. at the meeting was if you had 10 years of sobriety because <laughs> the problems that people face with 10 years of sobriety is, is different and they needed their own special place to communicate with each other about the problems of what it's like to be sober after 10 years. And um, I've never been more disgusted with a group of people right. like i You're can't even useless like it's useless oh group God. therapy bullshit at that point it's right? so awful oh yeah. yeah but have you ever uh have you ever farted with 12 years <laughs> have you ever eaten a bagel with 15 years you don't even know what that's like okay <laughs> honestly eating a bagel with 15 years and not sponsoring people for after 10 you know for the last 10 years it might it might be excruciating experience you don't know it how probably it, is. you know like everything is appalling you know oh that's good so all right i'm gonna yeah i'm it. gonna do mine because i want i know i, I mine is like uh i didn't I really go believe what this has turned into <laughs> this is so fun so um okay so of course I listen, low hanging fruit here. We got six and seven on page seventy six. It's two paragraphs. Uh two thirds of the paragraphs are a prayer. Like, and then we have somehow uh I don't even know. What is it? Thirteen pages 
in the 12 and 12 to somehow expound on two paragraphs. But this is the, the paragraph that jumped out at me. I actually did read both of these chapters because I knew I wanted to hit on something on six and seven. There, I could have, I literally could have done a God's pick between these 13 pages and found something awful. But yeah, uh, on page 76 um, in step seven, it says, so let me just read this. It says <laughs> on page 76 in the big book, it says, when ready, we say something like this. And then the next three lines is the prayer, the seven step prayer right. in the, on the same page in, the big in, in the 12 and 12 76 it says as we approach the actual taking of step seven it might be well if we aas inquire once more just what our deeper objectives are each of us would like to live at peace with himself and his fellows we would like to be assured that the grace of god can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves yet we have we have seen that the character defects based upon short-sighted or unworthy desires are the obstacles that block our path toward these objectives. We now clearly see that we have been making unreasonable demands upon ourselves, upon others, and upon God. So let me just point this out to you. When I was given the direction after I went home and sat for an hour and I pulled the book down off the shelf and I read through the, the first five proposals and I, and, I had, had, and I reviewed the list of character defects that my sponsor had handed me as kind of a guide of you know, where mm-hmm. I might want to you know, consider you know, uh, starting off with God. Um, and then I did this prayer. Um, it was made abundantly clear to me that if I did not immediately jump to step nine mm-hmm. and start and start taking, um, you know, uh, taking, uh, I was going to say taking credit for what I've <laughs> taking responsibility, um, for the harm that I'd done in other people's lives, right. that everything I'd done up to this point would be worthless. At no point did my sponsor say, Hey, before you do that seven step prayer, what you might want to do is take a few seconds and really just inquire what your deeper objectives are here. Like I was a broken human being and, and Eddie was describing this beautifully <laughs> earlier. Like, I was so broken at this point that even the big book didn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. What made sense to me was the action I was taking yes. as directed from the big book. Right? right. And even that didn't make sense to me because I didn't have a spiritual experience until I had gone all the way through the steps and sure. started sponsoring other people, you know? So really not, this didn't really make any sense to me. It came alive for me later on. The idea that I would, the idea that my sponsor would have read me something like that paragraph on 76 and the 12 and 12, and that I would have had any ability to conceptualize with that. I will tell you this at no point in this part of the process was I needing to be assured that God could do anything for me. Right. What I was hoping was that what I was seeing in front of the, so it was a man sitting in front of me. He was a pirate. Like I was a pirate and he wasn't a pirate anymore. And I could just tell, I just knew it instinctively. It made sense. He had been where I had been and he wasn't there anymore. All I was trying to do was get to where he was. All this other bullshit wouldn't have meant anything to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had no objective other than I just didn't want to use or drink when I didn't want to. That's all, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and all this other stuff just clouds it. Yeah. You lost me at pirate, but like, I I think I get it. Everything else. Yeah. (laughs) So sure that this is not where the, the men are separated from the boys. Are you sure this is not the step? Okay. Let me, let me actually read that on page 63, step six. This is the step that separates the men from the boys. So declares a well-loved clergyman who happens to be one of AA's greatest <laughs> friends. Okay, so some non-alcoholic said that. 
but we're yeah. going to just repeat it ad nauseum in any fucking meeting. <laughs> yep. Just some person who's not even done this and doesn't need to. <laughs> just yeah. an outsider decided that. While I'm nitpicking, page... Okay, uh, the first page of the first chapter of the big book is page one, right? Mm-hmm. Bill's story, page one. Uh, first chapter... The 12 and 12, a volume of one-third the pages. First chapter's page 21. 21? I mean, there's a forward, but the forward starts on 15. What kind of fucking backward world is this? What is this? So let me just read my reading real quick because I feel like a turd for even picking it because we, we've already basically covered it. My reading Even is the, on... Wait, now, John, <laughs> hang on. You brought it up. Even the contents start on page five. <laughs> but I don't even have... Wait, he numbered He numbered a blank page. Yeah, yeah. He, he numbered the, the flyleaf, yep. He, did he number the... Did he literally number the cover of the book? <laughs> I've never noticed that. I think he did. Because this would no, be... It's, oh, it's I see. Awful. One, two, it's awful. three, four. Okay, I get it. Okay. Because yep. well, I always yeah. always remember, oh, page 17, you know, is where I send people who are confused uh, about this issue. But then I always so think, like, to... 17, it can't be that far into it. But I'm like, oh, 17 is just the second page of the book. <laughs> so here's, here's what you need to know. Here's everything you need to know about the 12 steps and 12 traditions is that... Um, this here is page two, and that is blank. <laughs> so the only value that this book brings is on page two. <laughs> okay, so my reading about the topic, the 12 and 12 is not Alcoholics Anonymous, is on page 17, the bottom of the f first full paragraph. It says, the book Alcoholics Anonymous became the basic text of the fellowship, and it still is. This present volume proposes to broaden and deepen the understanding of the 12 steps as first written in the earlier work. So this is not the book Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> there it is. End of discussion. <laughs> Mic drop. Alcoholics Anonymous is a book that's not this book. Mm. End of discussion. <laughs> That's my reading. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to need to run through a 10-step after we get off this. So you, you, you read how many pages after the table of contents? Two? Do you know how many I read? <laughs> John! <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Ooh. Okay, so you've already done five readings by now. What do you have an actual selected reading? Or are you done? So, so mine is actually I don't know, maybe a little. I think uh, we already discussed uh, my reading. <laughs> it was pretty cut and dry. Uh, yeah, I don't. So, uh, this is something that I hear a lot. This might be a little controversial. Uh, mm. so, None of the rest of this has been. No, I was. I was. <laughs> To me, it's not. To me, well, like, this is the only thing that could be like, ah, but, like, to me, it's not. I, I guarantee know. you people uh, will unfollow and unsubscribe after this episode. <laughs> they haven't, I mean, if they've gotten this far. He was about know. to say they haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> if they've gotten this far, I mean, if they're, like, you know, meeting makers, I don't see how they, anyhow. So, on uh, 27, um, 
this is like really prevalent and like uh i just i I wanted to hit on this because it says in the big book that no dude every time i grab the book i'm like oh 27 let me oh no it's way back (laughs) it's like the fourth page okay 27 i'm there on on the 12 and 12 yeah Uh, (laughs) so so uh you know in the big book it makes clear that no human power can relieve us of our alcoholism um that's really just cut and dry. No human power. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I if I look back at my own experience, the like my family that tried to do this, uh, you know, I tried to do this. Uh, institutions ran by people tried to do this, right? So people can't do it for me. I I, I prove this to myself. But um, somehow a group of drunks, a group of drunks that don't have the power to keep themselves sober are going to keep you sober, guys. Uh, you can if you wish make AA itself your higher power here's a very large group of people who have solved their alcohol problem in this respect they are certainly a power greater than you who have not even come close to a solution surely you can have faith in them even this minimum of faith will be enough you will find many members who have crossed this threshold just this way Mm -hmm. so like the crazy thing is is in step one i got beaten down so much Uh, that like even though i'm not interested in spiritual ideas at all like at all uh i wasn't um I'm open to it. Like, I am willing to say that maybe there's something out there that I will get connected to through doing this work. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Right. This guy in front of me, you know, Fred was talking about the person sitting in front of him had this thing that he did not have, Mm -hmm. but had been where he he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my experience. I think that was like all of our experience. We were working with a a big book sponsor, somebody that's been through this work. And it's like, I don't. I don't even know if it's possible, but this person in front of me seems to be connected to this thing that they say exists. So fuck it. What else do I have to lose? You know, that's where I was at. Right. Um, I wasn't going into an A meeting where like people were just like unloading their garbage of like uh, their wife pissing them off or, you know, this person in traffic cutting them off. Like I wasn't like, yeah, this is this is a good God right here. (laughs) These people are going to keep me sober. I'm going to leave here pissed off in an hour. Because I have to listen to their bullshit, but somehow they're going to keep me sober. God's got my coffee breath. Oh, my God. God needs to take a shower. This basement stinks. Right. You know? But, uh, yeah, that was that was my... That was the really the thing that's like, I just don't... You hear it all the time, and I don't understand it. You know what it reminds me of is like when you hear stories of folklore and like how you know, these like crazy, not just superstitions, but like these lines of logic that go on ending up like influencing generations of a society, um, you know, that are completely, when you look at the story, the root story, they're completely built on this like one little piece of something someone said. And like, it really reminds me of folklore in that sense because, you know, there's just this one mention. This dude randomly wrote this book and he talks about this group of drunks thing. And then it's like, who has not heard that in a hundred meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Who has not heard, uh, I just make the group your power. Yeah, it's cool. The group will be God. But like, it's like you said, um, the book makes it impossible if you're reading the book and asking yourself is this me it's 
pretty impossible for you to be like, yeah, that's me. I totally, totally 100% think that this is me being described in step one, but I'm good. It's like the two cancel each other out. It's not, you can't be this thing, but also have the power to not be that thing. The thing you're admitting is that you don't have the power, right? So therefore what the book the big I keep saying the book. We're talking about a different book today, but what the big book does so perfectly for someone like me or you, like you were saying, is it literally on page 47 presents this open statement question. Like, do you just have the willingness to believe that there's something, some bigger power than you? And it tells us in the book of directions that you can start from there and this process will produce the effect. Mm -hmm. It'll work. And so like in my thinking and my experience with sponsorship, presenting any other way is a bastardization of that direction. And it's fucking with someone's own development of their spiritual life. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I started to say great reading, but shit reading. <laughs> shit reading. Yeah, terrible. Absolutely <laughs> awful. All right, you want to do twelve questions? I kind of want to just. I kind of want to just start um, doing a weekly. Let's read one chapter out of the twelve and twelve, and then oh. shit on it for an hour. <laughs> I think Eddie's prepared for the next three or four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> we got our returning guest, Fast Eddie Rickenbacker. <laughs> Wait, what's his last name? Yeah, it's Rickenbacker. Oh, was it Rickenbacker? Oh, okay. I was, I thought I made that up. Uh, Eddie, since you've never actually listened to our podcast before, do you have you do you know what we're about to do? Uh, ask me twelve questions. That's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to the podcast. <laughs> All right. So, twelve questions with our guest. Edward James Rickenbacker. The That's third. not my middle name. Jeez. <laughs> Edward Keith Rickenbacker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Eddie, question one. What is the best AA slogan and defend it? Woof. <laughs> so... Oh, is that is it like? I don't have a favorite. AA. It's not Wolf. I'll tell you that. Well, it's it doesn't have to be that you have a favorite, but you got to pick one that you're willing to defend. He's on making the podcast. you have a favorite. Yeah, I have to defend a slogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Eddie's still uh, in the Twilight I, Zone from reading half of the twelve. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're gonna get some really interesting answers out of him today. So I don't. I mean. Like, actually defend it? Like, actually defend it. Yeah, like, why is it a good slogan? <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> Look, Nobody said just woke up. I don't have three hours for this question, all right? <laughs> uh, so, I, uh, right off rip, I don't have a favorite because they uh, they, they all suck. And they, they scarred me coming into AA, and I thought they were full of people that were not actually alcoholics because they made no sense, you know? Right. Um, because I just wanted to 
you know, I wanted to be able to stay sober, but I couldn't. Everybody's like, just keep coming back. You know, it works if you work is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about working. Like you guys don't give any directions. But um, I guess if there was like one that actually might have some truth to it, uh, but it's completely misconstrued. It's like completely taken out of context. <laughs> um, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, I can't even think of the actual slogan. It's uh, uh, one, one, one day at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. think, I think that was kind of taken out of context for the fact that like we have this daily reprieve, we have 10 and 11 and 12 and we do it daily. Uh, but, uh, I think everybody else is talking about holding on to the edge of their seat one day at a time, barely making it sober until they fall asleep in a just a rage because they aren't drunk. But like, I don't know. I think they're the program is talking about doing 10, 11, 12. Okay. We're definitely so, going to need to detox right. him up to 12 and 12. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so your favorite AA slogan is one day at a time. All right. Um, <laughs> underrated or overrated? The AA Grapevine. Overrated. <laughs> okay. Is it even rated? Um, <laughs> Some people okay. swear by it. Uh, how many meetings you swear at it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I'll hold my I'll hold my punchlines until after your massive vape rip next time. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That hurt. That really hurt. More than well, no, not more than reading the twelve and twelve. Like, uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, how many how many meetings are you attending weekly? And you can include uh, Zoom and and non Zoom quantities there if you're going to Zoom meetings. Two to three. Word. Uh, when was the last time you heard somebody's fist up? Like two weeks ago. Nice. Bill or Bob? Bob. I just read a book of Bill and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back there. Okay. Um, <laughs> fuck, Mary, kill. You understand the question? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had someone last time. We was like, uh, what? Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Fuck, Mary, kill. Cocaine, heroin, weed. Fuck the coke. Uh, marry the heroin and kill the weed. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I like it when your questions have a correct answer. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one really feels like the right way to go. It's the right way to go for sure. Uh, when did you feel the nearness of your creator? Uh, it would it would have actually been after six and seven, which is is. I, what I don't like about the 12 and 12, he was like talking about after seven, like having the, it's like, yeah, no, this definitely happened to me, but everything that he was describing was just way mm-hmm. too, went like very long winded. But after six and seven, um, yeah, I was like riding my bike in the rain. And um, yeah, it was like this kind of uh, intense moment where like this big fear that I had, um, you know, that was like really abundant and like four and five is like, holy shit, this this God might not exist and all of this stuff that I'm doing might lead to me still being drunk. And that was, I was scared shitless. And then I, I felt like this, this presence, uh, of like, no, this thing is coming into my life. And it was like encouragement. It was like this strong, like I just got to keep moving forward. Um, so yeah. Word. 
Okay. Let's see here. I'm trying to find good ones for you. Okay. Uh, describe your experience with Zoom in 12 words or less. I guess that's less than 12 words. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 yeah, I don't have, I don't have much. I mean, like, I was attending Zoom when, like, everything was shut down. This is, like, 40 and, words already. Yeah, boom. it's way too many. Yeah. Boom. That's one word. Boom. <laughs> boom. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll that your, sorry, okay. I'll, I'll stay away from the hard ones. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, is Skyline Chili the pinnacle of Ohio cuisine? You took my Skyline question. No, <laughs> I was going to no, do a Skyline not. question. Were you really? Yes. I, I, really, I, I, I really think that everybody has it wrong. It's Gold Star. So... I, I don't even know what Gold Star is. Woof. Well, it's the uh, it's the upgraded version. It's the underdog of Skyline of Cincinnati Chili. Oh, but it is the same kind of concept of same piling. Yeah, yeah, got it. <laughs> same hot garbage on spaghetti noodles. <laughs> Two me. pounds of shredded cheddar. People keep getting trying to get me to go there for lunch, and I'm like, dude, I have to work the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, or no, like I just have to live later. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely like an after work. I don't have anything going on for the rest right. of the evening kind of meal. Okay, Hopefully the on. wife is out of town. I got to reformulate my question now. Sorry. Sorry, John. I didn't know you were going to go Skyline. <laughs> I wish you would ask your question anyway. Uh, No, hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll figure this out. I'm going to ask you this even though I wrote it for someone else and whatever. Okay. Would you rather take a two-year commitment as a DCM or a two-year commitment as the dude who scrubs the toilets at the church where your home group meets? <coughs> now, you have to attend every single meeting as a mm. DCM. You can't fucking phone it in. You gotta actually do the gig. So... Uh, the distraction phone I, call will not save you from answering this question. <laughs> so I, I think that there's more work involved in scrubbing toilets, but I would choose that any day of the week. <laughs> it's interesting because that's not how the last guy answered. <laughs> he even he like, even mentioned like a the restroom there. Yeah, he's like he's like no, I think there's even like a plumbing issue <sighs> at the church. I, I still, but but the thing is, is that a lot of people there read this book that we've been talking about in this episode, and I can't, like, it's hard, you know, like it. Do you think that might be it. why, do you think that might be why the, the membership is, is uh, exiting Alcoholics Anonymous? I wouldn't say that anybody's exit, what, what's crazy is, is like, there's another book, right? Like the, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that is the solution to like this problem that you know, we have. So, so AA is going to always be a thing, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Oh, I just meant your home group specifically. <laughs> 
yeah, I feel like there's more people there that might read the 12 and 12 than I'd like, but... Well, I mean, there were a lot of them, and then I think two weeks ago, they all kind of decided they didn't want to do AA anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't read group texts. I, I forgot. Don't. You I should don't. go back and read the group texts, because it's... So, Fred, what you're good. saying is you, you read them, get them, you just ignore them. Correct. Okay. I read them, <laughs> and then on. I don't do anything with them. I'm, I'm confused. Are you still in that thread? I think they took me off now, but I was oh, up until okay. a week ago. <laughs> wow. uh, okay. This I was my last for question. like five months after I moved. Yeah. <laughs> left the state. <laughs> no, I know. Okay. Uh, so what's more dangerous to Alcoholics Anonymous? The shame and guilt crowd or the acceptance and gratitude crowd? There's a shame and guilt crowd. So yeah, you have a bunch of people who like to talk about shame and guilt, right? You just got to get you got to get past that shame and guilt. And you have a bunch of people who like to talk about that the the answer is acceptance and gratitude. So which one of those groups is more dangerous to Alcoholics Anonymous? Really confusing question. I I I, I uh, those hard ones. Don't overthink it. Well, the, the, I, I guess I guess. Uh, well, one, they, they all sound like they need to work steps, but but the acceptance, <laughs> they need to work the 12 steps out of the big book, but the, the acceptance uh, people... I think you should take your own inventory, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, the, the acceptance people throw me for a loop because uh, I don't possess that switch. Um, we actually have steps for that because I don't have the switch. So. Good. Okay. Uh, fine, be that way. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I, I love you. Let me just say that I love you. I miss you very much. Um, miss you too, Joe. And so I'm going to ask you this question because I think you'll just answer it. I think that you'll just answer it. So, would you say you've lost more sponsees at steps four and five, or at steps eight and nine? Four and five. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the first place where action happens. You have to do I something. Mean, <laughs> yeah, it's the first time that you actually have to do something. And what's crazy is like that's also normally the first meetup, you know. So we normally only sit down once. And uh, mm. and then we run into each other at a meeting like six months later. And it's they're uncomfortable. They're like, hey, sorry. There's nothing to be. And then they go home <laughs> to to their new sober living place, and they're like, "Yeah, I saw my sponsor tonight, and you know, he, <laughs> he kind of kicked my ass." And then you you go home and don't think about them ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, great! Uh, bonus question: Do you want to ask it? Yeah, sure. Uh, bonus question: How do you define thirteenth stepping? I I guess like fraternizing or like like uh not yeah trying to hit on or take advantage of somebody that has not worked the 12 steps and had a spiritual experience in steps cool all right I mean it's not cool but yeah gotcha <laughs> awesome dude well yeah this uh this episode went in some directions I wasn't expecting, but it was awesome. It's great. 
thank you yeah. for joining Thanks. us. Finally. Thanks for having me. We finally me. did this. I know. No, I think I've been on here once before. Yeah, you talked about step oh, 12, 12 briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, this this was much more smooth. Um, yeah, that was just me talking into my phone. This was this was a little bit more smooth, being able to see your guys' faces. Yeah, everybody, uh, it, it was it was hard season two to like do like an AA talk to just like a microphone. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, difficult. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, but uh, we love you. We're so so proud of you. So proud of you, little guy. So proud. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> so glad that you got to join us, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. And y'all enjoy your day, and uh, we will meet up again soon. Real soon. All right. All right. See you guys. See you guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening.